if you're a CEO, you're a leader who is responsible for the people that have given you the right to lead, right? That's the, the people downstream for you, the, the board, whoever else that your customers, your suppliers, everybody. And your job then is to have vision, cast that vision, and then support all the people around you to do their very best. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Dr. Gantz Ferentz of AskDrGantz.com. Dr. Gantz, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, Gresh. Thanks so much for having me here. Really happy to be here. Yes, I'm super excited to have you on as well, too. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Dr. Gantz so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And registered psychologist Dr. Gantz is a speaker, author, and coach. And since the early 90s, Dr. Gantz has been helping individuals, couples, families, and corporations beat burnout, reduce their levels of stress, improve their relationships, and enjoy more success. Known for working with the toughest of the tough, including fourth-generation gang members, hardened oil and gas workers, and battle-tested CEOs and entrepreneurs, and stressed out law enforcement officers, Dr. Gantz is truly a master at showing people in high stress occupations, no nonsense, practical strategies to stay focused, make healthy decisions under pressure, and boost communication skills to reduce conflict during difficult times. And we connected through the Evolutionary Business Council, so super excited to hear about all the awesome things you've been doing over the years, Dr. Gantz, and of course, having you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCEO community? I'm so honored to be able to do that. So thank you for sharing your audience with me. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your gift as well, too. And speaking of that gift, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what what I like to call your CEO story. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, for a long time, I wanted to, um, you know, kind of understand how people function, how, what is it that makes us tick, right? And so I went into psychology and, uh, you know, after being in private practice for quite a while, but also being on the other side of the couch, so to speak, I was also in therapy for, for quite a while and I still am in therapy, you know, 30 years later. Um, I started to really see certain um, patterns that would show up for people and especially in my own life. And so what I did was I realized that, okay, if I can put a system together, not only can it keep me straight, but it could also do a lot of good for a lot of people. And, and so this is kind of where, you know, where my uh, me factor system kind of developed. But I also realized, you know, talking to, I, I got this entre weird entrepreneurial bend, right, to me. So it's like, I'm always looking to see if I could do better, build a business here and there and stuff like that. And I realized, um, you know, the business is always a reflection of me, right? It's always a reflection of who I am, how well I'm doing, um, you know, what my thought process is, what my paradigm for life is. And I realized that when I had a better paradigm for life, when my state was better, I was you know, in a calmer, more healthy state, I could recognize opportunities better. I acted on them faster. I was way more creative and I had this huge buffer for stress. When I was not in that state, things didn't go as well. <laughs> so, so this is what um, sort of prompted me to put all this stuff together in a system really for myself. And then I want to pass it on to my kids. But then I realized that a lot of clients could benefit from it. Then a lot of my, you know, CEO and uh, entrepreneurial friends also could benefit from it. And that's kind of what got me started. 
I wanted to hear a little bit more about your lane, the race that you're running. Can you take us through a little bit more on how you're working with your clients, how you're making an impact and how you serve them? So my, my three big areas are burnout, burnout prevention, and recovery, um, and um, relationships and communication. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I really helped me, I, I burnt myself out a few times in my past. One time I was actually doing this crazy kind of circuit in the, the northern part of this, the province where I live up in Canada here in Alberta, Canada. And, you know, I woke up in a hotel one day and I had, I had a splitting headache for like two weeks and I woke up and I didn't know where I was. And it was scary. I, I, I thought I'd had a stroke or something bad had happened. Right. And that was, that was one of the big um, motivators to say, okay, I got to do this differently because I was at that point, I was doing things the way it was early in my career. And it was like, I, I was doing things the way I was you know expected to, or told to, or what everybody else was doing, right. Work hard, you know, make your boss happy, that sort of thing. And I realized that, no, I, I, I can't do this. I have to, if I, if I'm broken, then whatever service that I can give, is also broken or gone, right? And so I had to really rethink how I did my life and also my business. And so, so that really created, helped me create the system for myself to keep me on track. And when I did that, then I realized that it wasn't just to like, you know, kind of recover and help me, you know, not be burnt out again, but it actually enhanced my life. It actually helped me to be better. So I was better at um, you know, spending time with my wife, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, but when I, the kids came, it's like, okay, I can actually be present for the kids. That's awesome. My health was better. I started making better decisions at work, more opportunities. I don't know if more opportunities came or I just probably just recognized those opportunities more. Um, and I was able to act on them better. And so this is, this is kind of, it really solidified how powerful this idea of, well, two ideas really one is managing your state is, you know, is one of the core things. If I can manage my state, then everything else tends to work better. And then the other one is proactivity, which is, you know, if I can start to think ahead, if I can yeah, not, not be reactive, which unfortunately much of the world is reactive, uh, especially our, uh, you know, my particular profession, psychology, tends to be built more on, especially people's perception is, it's built more on the reactive, right? It's built on more on the sickness model. Well, you go see the shrink and ah, they're going to tell you that something's wrong, right? right? And so really focusing on being proactive and positive, because I really believe that the, you know, the best defense for a lot of the stuff that we deal with, stress, anxiety, depression, all these different things that are sort of common cold of, of our minds and our emotions, the best defense to that is a good offense, when I find that I am working well on myself, I'm, I'm choosing my direction of my evolution and I'm working towards my own enhancement, I tend not to have room in my life for these things and, and they don't really come up very much. And then when I teach my students to do this, this is what they find too. And they find not only are they able to avoid this stuff, but their life is way better and they actually enjoy what they're doing more and they can be creative and have more success that way. And so that's, that's kind of the core of what it is really positive, proactive, and, and really, you know, life enhancing uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to find something wrong and fix quote unquote, fix what's broken. 
Yeah. And I think so many times you mentioned, you know, in, in your industry, but I think in so many ways people aren't necessarily proactive. Like, and we talked a little bit about, you know, being a leader and being kind of more in the middle of the road or being in that middle spot so that you don't We're disrupt, safe. you don't, exactly. You keep things, you know, status quo, you keep things as they are, you can just kind of go with the flow. But I think when you are being proactive, a lot of times it is putting things in place, putting habits or practices or those things in place so that you're able to um, understand that when that stress comes up then yeah. you're able to kind of navigate that because you've for lack of a better term, worked out the muscles and built that so that it is able to withstand yep. certain times when, whenever they might come up. So I, I love that you're able to kind of do that with your students and the people that you work with, because I think those are kind of skills that you'll always need and never go out of fashion or out of style. Exactly. So it's something great that you, you kind of build, help people to build. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I, I like the, what simple concept. I, I like to think of it as a happy bank. Right. And it's like if we have lots of lots of deposits in our happy bank, then, then when the tough time comes and we need to take some withdrawal, then we got some buffer. Right. And we, we don't want to live. Most people, unfortunately, live in overdraft. Right. We really constantly in overdraft in our happy bank. Right. And so, you know, just like a simple thing, like if you have a big meeting coming up that, you know, you know, will be a little bit stressful either because you got to prepare or, you know, whatever difficult people you're dealing with, whatever it is, do some things ahead of time to make some deposits. Right. You know go and you know play some golf if that's your thing or to get some extra sleep or hang out with the family or eat some food you like whatever it is to to build that account in your happy bank so then you're in a better state to go and deal with these difficult people when you're giving the presentation but then you also want to do you know create some time for um I, I would say recovery after that right so yeah after a big thing like that you know maybe give yourself a few days to pace yourself don't jump right back in and oh got to catch up with the emails got to do it no no take your time ease back and do the same things, maybe a little extra sleep on the back end. Some things are going to feed your soul, your spirit on the back end, get some exercise and then ease back into your regular routine. Just by doing that, what you're going to do is that particular incident, whatever that is, that, that meeting is going to go way better, but you're going to have way more energy. And so your, your longevity expands. You, you can, the next meeting is going to be better and how you treat the people back at work when you get back there is better. And all this other stuff starts to be a synergistic kind of um, positive cycle that creates more health, better culture, all that stuff in your in your company, but then gives you more longevity in your career. And you tend to just let your let your wins run. And you also cut your losses short when you're able to have an approach like this. I absolutely love that. That's that kind of like having that, you know, that short term memory and understanding, mm. um, you know, I think a lot of times we first of all, don't realize like how sometimes if we're blessed, of course, you know, life can be and opportunities can be and that the things that we think are fires or things that are going to completely destroy us or our business are sometimes things we'll forget about in the next five minutes or let alone five years or, or five, you know, weeks or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. We forget about that aspect, but also I, I love that. And I don't know if that might be a hack, something you feel like makes you more effective and efficient, but that ability to build out that happy bank yes. and be able to kind of go to that um, not knowing when that might happen, but having that practice and that habit in place, that muscle built so that you're able to kind of go back to that would be like what you would consider a hack. Absolutely. I consider that a hack. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, the, the bigger the bigger uh, concept on that is state management. Right. And that's that's one of the things I think is, you know, anything you do to manage your state when a happy bank is one of those things. Right. You you make sure that you build yourself up so you have, you know, yeah, you have the extra. Right. Okay. If I got ten thousand dollars in my bank and I got to write a five thousand dollar check, I'm okay. If I got two thousand dollars in my bank, I'm going to be in a little bit of problems. Right. If I'm in overdraft, then I'm really screwed. Right. So, you know, you, you want to manage your state, and and that's the thing. And you know, um, I actually have a 
like a, a like an owner's manual in my system that people go through. I go through with people to help them figure out, okay, what is it that is going to help you be your best? How do we get optimal performance from you so you can be happy most of the time and perform your best? And honestly, when when things start to go well, you just you you know that you're doing these things. But when things start to fall off, you can go back and check and say, hey, well, wait a second, what do I what haven't I done or what do I need to do more of to get me back at that that prime state? Because once you're in that state, all that brilliance gets to flow, right? If you're not in that state, I don't care how smart you are, how good you are, you're going to fall apart, right? It's it's like if you're going into your house and you got your keys, you've done that thousands of times, right? But if a dog's chasing you or you really got to pee or something, right? You're like, you're dropping the keys, you're right. it's upside down. It, like it takes you forever to get into the house. It's not like you lost the skill to open a door, right? Just your state is wrong. And that's, you know, it's a simple, simple process, simple concept. But but it's one of the most powerful hacks that I can think of. I appreciate that. And so uh, you might have already touched on this, but what would you consider to be what I like to call a CEO nugget, which is kind of a word of wisdom or piece of advice, something you might tell a client or if you had happened, if you were to happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. <laughs> my, my, my younger self. Yeah, I, I would, honestly, I would say that, you know, and you, you touched on it, actually, Gresham, you said, you know, you're going to laugh about this in five years or five months or whatever. Don't take yourself so seriously in the moment, right? Um, one of the best ways to manage your state is to be, to, to cultivate a sense of humor and to be able to laugh at your situation and also look for the opportunities. Um, if if I, I've been through this, I've lived long enough now, I've been through this enough times that things that I thought were, you know, at the time, horrible, you know, things that happened in my life have really turned out to be a blessing in disguise, right? They really come out to be something that has been powerful and, and positive in my life. It actually brings me to my, my favorite question, which actually I love because a lot of it is built upon like looking from the center, which is the definition of what it means to be a quote unquote CEO. And, and the goal of that, the, the question is really to look at um, from different perspectives from everybody to see and define it for themselves, what it means to them. So I want to ask you, Dr. Gaines, what does being a CEO mean to you? It means having the courage to be the leader. Um, I really believe in servant leadership. If you're a CEO, you're a leader who is responsible for the people that have given you the right to lead, right? That's the, the people downstream for you, the, the board, whoever else, that your customers, your suppliers, everybody. And your job then is to have vision, cast that vision, and then support all the people around you to do their very best. Um, give them the tools they need and not just the physical tools, but the emotional tools, the environment, the mindset, the support that they need to do their best. And, and so by doing that, you're, you're kind of like the conductor of an orchestra. Uh, you might be able to play some of the instruments, but, but your real job is getting the high level picture and making sure all the instruments play together and make sure that um, there's harmony. And I think that's, that's to me, that's what a CEO does and who that CEO is. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Gaines, truly appreciate that definition. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find about all the awesome things that you're working on. <laughs> Thank you. So the best way to get a hold of me is my website. It is askdrgans.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-A-N-Z or Z if you're from Canada or England, <laughs> .com. And, and there's, a, there's also, I have a, a free gift for people who are interested. Uh, it's askdrgansvip.com. And what that is, is uh, my 12 stress-busting strategies. 
And you, you know, you also get an ask Dr. Gans component where every week you can ask questions and I pick a question and I answer, I give you a video answer to your question. So you get to touch and feel a real psychologist that's not too scary in the privacy of your own computer. So, so that's, that's how best to get a hold of me. Absolutely. No, I love that, Dr. Gans. And we will definitely have the links and information in the show notes so that everybody can get a hold of you. I love, love, love that last point that you left us with, because even in alignment with your definition of what it means to be a CEO, we often forget about the impact that we can have from the things that we do, the leadership, the courage that we can have from the regular actions that we take and not realizing that even if we're quote unquote CEO or small business owner or entrepreneur, whatever title we might give, we're creating a culture just by the actions and things that we do in so many people's lives, those that are in our business, those that are affected by our business, those that we just have relationships with on on, a, on so many different levels. So I appreciate you so much leaving us with that, because I think it kind of reminds us of the impact that we can have by um, being what we hope to see and what we hope to uh, experience in, in the world that we mm -hmm. live in. So I appreciate you so much for, of course, doing that as well, too, and reminding us of that. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.